Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas Podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com earnings right now. NetSuite.com earnings. Good morning, it's Thursday the 25th of January here in London. This is the Bloomberg Daybreak Hewitt podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Coming up today, investors grow sceptical of Tesla's prospects despite Musk's upbeat outlook for the electric car giant. US regulators block any increase in production of Boeing's 737 MAX jets as the firm's CEO insists that their planes are safe. And as the UK government pushes ahead with its Rwanda deportation plan, we have a special report on the country's economic transformation, despite human rights concerns. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. Shares in Tesla slid post-market after the electric vehicle maker said it expects sales growth to be notably lower this year. In 2023, the company slashed prices to sell more cars, but warned that the move is unlikely to be as effective in 2024. CEO Elon Musk sought to put a positive spin on the news. There's a lot to look forward to in 2024. Tesla is currently between two major growth waves. We're focused on making sure that our next growth wave, driven by next-gen vehicle, energy storage, full self-driving and other projects, is executed as well as possible. Musk's assessment came as the company chose not to offer full-year guidance for sales growth. Tesla has long targeted an annual growth rate of 50% over multiple years, but analysts predict the carmaker's sales will rise by just 20% to 2.2 million in 2024. U.S. aviation regulators have ordered Boeing to halt further production increases for the 737 MAX aircraft. The FAA decision leaves the plane maker unable to boost output of its cash cow jetliners at a time when airlines are clamouring for new planes. Boeing's embattled CEO Dave Calhoun met uh, with U.S. senators on Wednesday as the company faces mounting questions over quality control. Before the meeting, he was asked what message he has for concerned passengers. We fly safe planes. We don't put airplanes in the air that we don't have 100% confidence in. I'm here today in the spirit of transparency to, number one, recognize the seriousness of what you just asked. Number two, to share everything I can with our Capitol Hill interests um, and answer all their questions because they have a lot of them. Dave Calhoun's trip to the capital came as the FAA cleared the way for a version of the Boeing jet involved in the Alaska Airlines blowout of a door panel in January to return to the skies. The next UK government faces the worst fiscal inheritance in 70 years. That downing indictment comes from the Institute of Fiscal Studies who say any future government will have a colossal public debt problem. Earlier this week, Chair of the Office for Budget Responsibility, Richard Hughes, criticised the lack of detail in the Conservative government's spending forecasts. We're required to rely on what the government tells us is its desired path for spending on public services, so departmental expenditure limits. At the moment, 
It has those falling as a share of GDP, but the government provides almost no detail about how that is delivered. Some people have referred to that as, as, a, as a work of fiction. I think, that, I, think that's, I think that's probably generous, given that someone's bothered to write a work of fiction, whereas the government hasn't even been bothered to write down what its departmental spending plans are underpinning the plans for public, public services. Hughes' independent watchdog sets the amount of fiscal headroom any Chancellor has to spend. He and the IFS are among some of the groups pressuring the government to publish detailed spending plans beyond 2025 as it prepares for a tax-cutting budget. British billionaire Joe Lewis has pled guilty to insider trading. Accused of passing stock tips to his private pilots and former girlfriend, Lewis pled guilty to three counts of securities fraud, including conspiracy, at a hearing in court in Manhattan. The news comes six months after the former Tottenham Hotspur football club owner was charged with more than a dozen counts. Speaking to the judge, the 86-year-old founder of the investment firm Tavistock Group said that he, quote, knew at the time what he was doing was wrong. Lewis is expected to be sentenced in March. The plea deal will likely drastically reduce the length of any sentence he faces. As the UK debates Rwanda's safety as a destination for migrants, for the African country it's the latest in a series of deals with the West. Bloomberg Businessweek is charting the remarkable turnaround in a country with growth averaging 7.2% annually in the decade to 2019, 30 years after its genocide. Bloomberg's James Wilcock has more. It's been called the Singapore of Africa, held up as a model of corporate sponsorships, foreign investment and high government efficiency. Many hail longtime leader President Paul Kagame for his ruthless focus on efficiency. He told Bloomberg last year that European nations are seeking him out for help. We did not really beg anybody to work with us or to send migrants to, to Rwanda. In fact, we started with the resettling and receiving people from Libya. From that, learning from that, that is how the UK and there are other actually European countries that have been contacting us to, to address this. But Kagame's prominence on the international stage comes with a darker side. Political opposition is essentially outlawed. There are allegations of distance ends up exiled or dead. Even as Kagame has possibly become the West's most important African ally. In London, James Wilcock, Bloomberg Radio. The European Central Bank is universally expected to leave interest rates unchanged in its first monetary policy decision of the year later today. Instead, the focus is on Christine Lagarde's press conference and any fresh signals on the outlook for lowering borrowing costs. Speaking to Bloomberg at the World Economic Forum in Davos earlier this month, the ECB president emphasised the dangers of cutting interest rates too quickly. I'm confident that short of another major shock we have reached a peak. We have to stay restrictive for as long as necessary to make sure that we get to that state where we are all saying, okay, confident that it is at 2% medium term. I know some people argue that maybe we are overshooting, maybe we're taking risks. I think the risk would be worse if we went too fast and had to come back to more tightening. Christine Lagarde speaking. Some ECB officials expressed concern at December's policy meeting that rate cuts already priced in by the market could, quote, derail the disinflationary process. Dutch Central Bank Governor Klaas Knott echoed those sentiments last week. 
Pay for senior investment bankers in Asia has fallen to its lowest level in two decades. Bloomberg has learned that compensation at some of Wall Street's biggest names in the region has dropped well below the $1 million mark typically earned since the turn of the millennium. One in five managing directors at banks including Morgan Stanley and UBS in Asia received no bonus whatsoever. Pay is crumbling as firms seek to cut expenses amid one of the worst deal droughts ever seen, fuelled by rising political tension and a crackdown on private enterprise in China. In a moment, we'll dig into the details of those results from Tesla. But first, a headline that caught my eye if you're following the US election this year, a familiar face returning. It's not Donald Trump. It's John Stewart <laughs> is coming back to do The Daily Show Ooh. after a nine-year absence. He's going to do one show a week. Monday night shows. Interesting fact in this piece on the terminal and on Bloomberg.com uh. is that Monday night's the period that where they get the highest audiences for these sort of programmes because people catch up on all the news that happened over the weekend. Uh, the thing is, the great thing about The Daily Show is that it was daily. So I wonder how... the <laughs> How the uh, transformation to uh, once a week will be. But yeah, starting in February, apparently. Yeah, exactly. And part of John Stewart's role in coming back to the show is going to be mm. develop, to develop new talent as well. Because, of course, Trevor Noah, who took over, has also stepped down from the show yes. too. So they're looking, they've been using a, a rotating series of guest hosts in the meantime. So he'll be out there to spot um, new talent. So if I disappear, Caroline, you'll know what's happening. Oh, happened. <laughs> yes. If you, if you get the tap on the shoulder, absolutely. Uh, I'd be there in the green room. Um, the other thing to say that uh, I've, I've read around this story. This mm. is the announcement. Haven't quite nailed down how you're going to be able to watch the programme in the UK. Uh, uh, it's uh, always a bit difficult online to find it, but there we are. Indeed. OK, well, look, let's turn back to those results that we talked about from Tesla, the company delivering more vehicles than expected in the fourth quarter, but falling behind China's BYD and global electric car sales. Elon Musk says uh, he expects a major growth wave from new low-cost cars later next year. Shares fell 6% in extended trading on Wall Street. Joining us now with the details, Bloomberg's Oliver Crook. Oliver, good morning to you. Elon Musk says that growth is coming, but shareholders are concerned. Why? Yeah, he also said, and I think this is probably going to be the top line that everyone runs with from the earnings, that sales growth will be, quote, notably lower, right? And this is sort of a company that is used to sort of face-ripping speed in terms of growth. Things are slowing down a bit for Tesla, but it's not really necessarily a Tesla story, right? This is an EV story. This is a car industry story. So he's contending with a number of different things that are across the sector. There's the EV slowdown. That seems to be sort of real and going to materialize in 2024. He also mentioned interest rates on the call. I quote directly, if interest rates come down quickly, margins will be good. And if they don't, they won't be good. Pretty simple there. And there's also the competition from China, as you mentioned, BYD overtaking and really ramping up in the EV competition. But this is also a market that is immature, the EV market, and is gaining maturity. And the reality of that is going to take some time. And there's also a slowdown, not just in the EV market, but there's questions about the broader auto market. Bernstein out saying that basically the auto market's been in Goldilocks for three years because mm. supply has been constrained. Um, and that is going away in all three major markets. And yes, 6% is down. But guys, I was looking at this. In the last five years, Tesla's up a thousand percent literally it's the fourth best performer on the s&p and it has a market cap of more than 650 billion dollars so yeah context always very important isn't it and over what time frame you're looking at things um speaking of which did aggressive price cuts work then for tesla's vehicles because that also seemed to be the big headline out of last year yeah and i think it did work for them and they were in a position where they had these great margins on evs when other companies were just hemorrhaging cash when it came to selling uh their new vehicles and the reality on that is sort of is sort of changing now a lot of the auto uh, the traditional automakers are going to probably be selling ices for a bit longer and continue 
continuing to make money off of that. But again, Tesla's in a great position from this. What's interesting is with the teasing of this new car is hanging some new hopes on that and some more growth there. And that's, you know, because their entry-level car in the U.S. is something like $45,000 with BYD coming in with much cheaper cars. You know, they're starting to look at how they're going to be able to sell cheaper cars. And, you know, another thing that Elon was talking about on the call was that the production is going to be a challenge. But we also need to remember that Tesla's breakthroughs has not just been in electric vehicles. It has been in, in vehicle manufacturing and breakthrough technologies with their gigapresses, printing larger parts of the car. And he says that they're sort of looking at things like this for their new car. It's going to be a challenge, but, you know, in challenging circumstances when they make those massive breakthroughs. Okay, Oliver Crook, thank you very much for bringing us up to date on the details of those latest earnings from Tesla. Yeah, very interesting on Tesla. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication, it's fortitude, and it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years, and it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. Let's turn our attention, though, to uh, a big story that we have out this morning. Rwanda is at the centre of a political firestorm here in the UK, um, which has struck a deal with the tiny African country to take in foreign migrants in exchange for hundreds of millions of pounds. Bloomberg's Africa editor, Neil Munchie, has a story out today in Business Week about how Rwanda's president, Paul Kagame, has turned the country into perhaps the West's most important African ally, even as his government quashes dissent and critics decry his human rights record. And Neil Munchie joins us now for more. Good to have you with us on the programme, Neil. Good morning. What makes Rwanda such an important ally to the West? It's really this kind of reputation they have for efficiency and kind of cleanliness of governance. So there's the UK deal, but there's also on the security side, their army is sort of the mo most well-respected, well-trained army on the continent. So when Total, the big French oil giant, had a problem with their $20 billion LNG project in Mozambique, the Rwandans came in and routed the jihadis that had um, kind of taken over the area. And because of that, the U.S. now wants Rwanda to kind of take more of a piece of the security business on the continent that's been kind of dominated by the Wagner Group from Russia for the last uh, while. And foreign donors, when they show up in Kigali, the capital of Rwanda, they see, uh, you know, paved roads, nice infrastructure. They see what they see is their dollars being spent on building the state rather than in some other countries it would go into the minister's pockets. How big a role does the president, Paul Kagame, play in all of this? 
he's really at the center of everything. He's essentially been in charge of the country since 1994 when he led this rebel army through the bush to liberate the country from the genocide that had killed nearly a million people uh, in 100 days. And since then, he's won more than 90% in every election. Really, kind of every decision kind of comes back to him. And he's he's revered within the country by many as a kind of saint um, for saving the country, ensuring nothing like the genocide has happened again, and overseeing this really kind of remarkable economic transformation. Mm. Tell us a bit more about the transformation then and, and what that has entailed. So, you know, after the genocide, Rwanda was really a country that was kind of left for dead. And 30 years later, it's it's one of the most developed countries in Africa. You know, in Kigali, you see more conferences and major events from likes of FIFA, the Commonwealth, the NBA, than far bigger, richer cities like Nairobi or Cape Town. Um, GDP per capita has risen dramatically, along with all the scores on sort of development indexes uh, for the country. If you talk to Africans in other countries, um, they talk openly about how they wish they had what Rwanda has. But there is a, a dark side to all this as well, Neil. Yeah, and that's kind of at the heart of this political furor in the UK. You know, this isn't a liberal democracy. There's no free expression or real political opposition in the country. And there's a long line of dissidents, uh, including officials who were very close to the president who've ended up exiled or dead with allegations um, from critics and from governments, uh, including South Africa, and the U.S. State Department, that Rwanda was involved. The Rwandan government denies these allegations, uh, but it's all kind of part of this tension around Rwanda that makes it so polarizing. This kind of undeniable economic transformation on the one hand and on the other hand, the means that the government's alleged to have used to achieve it. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Success is more than a destination. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a Stiefel Financial Advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE.